This podcast is from heptagonclub.co.uk and paulcarenza.com. The Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Seven guests, seven corners. On this week's show. Christian, an atheist, a Jew, and a Muslim walk into a bar and yes. get along. Just know what you're going to say and get to the core of your message. Do it a nicer man before you add your iPhone. And your host, Mr. Paul Carenza. Welcome, Heptagonites, to episode 20. There you go. 2 0. They all said we'd never make it. Not with doing seven guests per episode anyway. I mean, I know other podcasts easily sail past 20 with no problem. The ones who just, you know, record and upload, point and click, do it and done. But not this one. I mean, you know, I'm not kidding. I think almost every guest on this week's episode has, just before we've recorded, said to me, seven guests, you you edit this yourself. You have seven different guests. How do you have time for this? Well... That, dear listener, is why we are one a month with occasional long blips between podcasts. So, um, in my advice, if you want to start a podcast, uh, forget the Heptagon Club. Uh, well, there already is one, but, you know, go Triangle Club. You know, three guests or, or two guests, the Line Club. That's a lot easier. Or just the Dot Club. Just just yourself. You know, do all the voices. It's far, far easier. Uh, but no, we are here, so you don't have to be. Well, you need to be here to listen. Otherwise, uh, well, we just we, we would stop, uh, I think. Um, simple as that. In fact, we could do with word spreadage. So, you know, we, we need growth. Um, listeners equals I make episodes so um, feel free to to spread word of this if we put a a post on the Facebook page uh, of which I hope you have liked then then do um, share it and um, retweet we can't retweet on Facebook but you know what I mean Uh, but if we put a thing on social media about the podcast it would be brilliant if you would spread word of us and donations even better patreon if you want to do something more regularly or a one-off donation uh, via the button on hepticonclub.co.uk so word spreadage donations all help make this continue to happen Uh, but yes in the meantime we survive by spanning long gaps a bit like the one that we have had uh, lately Uh, this is sort of the first one back of season three in a way we we did have a a mini episode an advertorial uh, last episode of that count Uh, which was plugging the greatest story ever toured tour that I'm currently touring uh, of which we still have a couple of dates left you have to be very quick though Exeter Cathedral Friday 13th of July which is sort of next week as I record this and one other which is uh, sold out so I won't even tell you about that one we might be doing more of this tour in the autumn though because it's been great fun and it's been almost entirely sold out so um, uh, what I really want to plug this episode if anything it's not an advertorial as such but my Guildford Fringe shows uh, mainly the Christmas play that I'm doing for madness reasons uh, in July, 30, uh, Thursday, 19th of July. Three Wise Men is the name of the play. Uh, it's uh, the story of Charles Dickens, Prince Albert, and the American writer Washington Irving sort of co-creating the modern Christmas. And we have three fabulous actors, uh, Bob Hartman, the legendary storyteller, uh, Alex Perkins, who is in The Office, in every episode of The Office, uh, as one of the, the underlings, Call the Midwife, he's done loads of other stuff, and Jennifer Masters, who you may know of my other podcast, Movie Banter, an old chum from there, so Jen's in it as well. I'm directing, and I'll be there doing techie things. So, uh, Guildford Fringe, Thursday, 19th of July, Three Wise Men is the name of the play. I'm also doing a stand-up show, uh, more imminently, Work in Regress, that's there this coming weekend, uh, if you are listening to this immediately, as soon as the podcast has gone up. Anyway, but no, forget advertising. This is a regular episode with seven guests who aren't particularly plugging much apart from just their general well-being and what they're up to. Uh, So on which, if you do hear an advert, 
uh, before the start of this episode and or maybe at the end of it, I clicked a button on the website of the, the podcast web hosting people, uh, Podbean. I have a feeling what happens, I've, I've made myself available and um, my existence known to advertisers. I think that's what's happened. And then they would be in touch and I would vet them and veto them and go, actually, I, I do not like the, the brand you are trying to purvey. Or I do like your brand and therefore please advertise away. I think that's how it works. So if you hear an advert, um, I don't know about it so far. And I will be trying to make sure that that is having, having minimal effect on the podcast. So let's see how all that goes anyway. Either way, this is the 20th episode of this, this club, this this gentleman and ladies. It's a people's club. It's for humans. We have seven guests a week. You get to stand sort of in the middle of the club and angle yourself at seven different corners uh, here who we have along as guests. This time we have four comics and three authors. Well, in fact, some of the comics are authors too, but that's uh, portfolio careers for you. We have Pippa Evans, who you may know from Radio 4 Land generally, and Bennett Aaron. Uh, they are both recorded at the Hay Festival, which, which is Radio 4 Land pretty much, uh, over in Wales. I was over there doing a panel on religion and comedy, and Pippa and Bennett were on that panel as well. So a quick chat with them. We have authors and super parent mentors Rob Parsons and Catherine Hill. We've got speaking guru Lee Jackson, and we've got three of our guests who are contributors and indeed even the editor of Sorted Magazine. So uh, in fact, four uh, contributors, because I'm one as well. So there you go, four columnists from that magazine are here. And uh, one of those is my good chum, Tony Vino. I should explain, been doing a lot of traveling recently and uh, packed trousers, didn't see this heat wave coming. So one charity shop later, I emerged in new slash old shorts and uh, and then Mr. Tony Vino appears on the scene. So uh, for this chat, the Heptagon Club is going underground into the cellar, into the funky basement where we meet. Mr. Tony Vino. I'm here in an exciting, uh, the underground bunker of the Heptagon Club, where coffee machines and music abounds. It's, it's the happening place, it's the hip-hop joint with Mr. Tony Vino. Uh, hello, Mr. Paul Carenzi. I love how trendy this club is. It's, it's part of this modern phenomena of um, uh, smashed avocado and any kind of meat being pulled. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that, the whole... that's what we do at the Heptagon Club. That's yeah. what we, 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 we thrive to impress. Do you remember you know? the days when dough wasn't sour? It was just it was just wheat and water. It's the opposite and of yeast. sour. Is it, is it um, sweet? I suppose it's sweet. Yeah, it's a sweet dough. Sweet, sweet dough. dough. Yeah, yeah. You mean, that's basically a bun, isn't it? That's a... I suppose it is. Yeah. <laughs> a nice ice bun with uh, that pink icing that doesn't look entirely natural. Yeah. So I live down the road uh, in Manchester from a lovely place called Chalton now which has got very gentrified and the whole um, cafe culture's come in. So, you know, like in London, you're never more than sort of three metres away from a rat. In Chalton, you're never more than sort of three metres away from an artisan bakery. Nice, very nice. Musical. Love an artisan. It's my favourite sort of bakery, it's the, art- <laughs> the artisan type. Is it is, because that's it. Because I, I sometimes feel like I'm belying my, my youth, though, because I, I'm originally from Preston. We never had our artisan bakeries. We just had bakeries. <laughs> a lot of Greggs, was it? a lot of Greggs. I know what the difference between you know artisan bread and bread it's just four pounds is that that's, it? <laughs> that's the only yeah. difference <laughs> I, I was in, um, in in Redford yesterday uh, as were you I, I remember in fact that's where I, know, I, I, I can I vouch for the truth of that that's where I bought the five second hand shorts that I'm currently sporting because I misjudged the weather entirely so it's nice to walk into a charity shop and just go I'm having those I'm going to wear them right now um, <laughs> what have you got that's in season uh, exactly, exactly. What's your, in season eight years ago um, but no I passed a beautiful old bakery and it's one of those like family run you know like RW Bacon and Co oh. and you think if you call bacon why you wouldn't be a baker you were. <laughs> but, um, he just loved the, the irony the bacon, <laughs> the bacon the bacon called bacon but it's like you know big broad room 
with you know just all sorts of buns and cakes going cheap but it all lined up on the thing and just old school it's like what a Greg's would be if it were independent and family run for 100 years that and was what it no was. interest in profit whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no and uh, so how much did you pay for your shorts then? Uh, 350 350 350 I mean they're pretty good they're, um, they're uh, sort of check the sort of check, check couple yeah. of pockets in them nice you know, the first couple I picked up I thought these are nice then I, I thought actually these are swimming trunks I thought I could just wear them <laughs> I could style it out yeah but then people will look and go, I think those are swimming trunks. Yeah. And they are swimming trunks. So, um, <laughs> it was the, the laces that were sort of hanging yeah. out of the fronts, yeah. If I'm honest, it was the Speedos. Yeah. Really give it away. I think it, it was quite obvious. <laughs> the banana hammock was there for all the time. So, uh, anyway, enough of this summary talk. Um, but, but thank you to, you know, whatever man that, that died in order to give Paul know, some bad. seasonal attire. I, yeah. I, 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 you, you're conscious walking around Redford that someone there might be looking at it going, that's, that's my Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> he used to love uh, go, going to the baths in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> More from Tony Vino shortly. Right now, though, Pippa Evans and Bennett Aaron. We shared a stage at the Hay Festival recently, along with Tez Ilyas. Uh, we've got uh, Tez hopefully on at some future juncture, but he he, uh, he caught a different train, quite simply. So I uh, didn't get to chat to Tez on this occasion. The Heptagon Club is right next to a railway station, it seems, and we have a window open, so you may hear some train track noisage. Uh, straight after our panel on religion and comedy, here's Jewish comic and writer Bennett Aaron, and you might have heard her on Radio 4's The Now Show, or I'm sorry, I haven't a clue, or on TV in a variety of things, or indeed on stage in Showstopper, the improvised musical. Uh, she also founded the Sunday Assembly, a non-religious churchish sort of gathering, which she's just hung up her non-cassock from, I suppose, uh, to on new projects. So this is Pippa Evans with Bennett Aaron. Well, we're excited to be, I'm excited anyway. Pippa Evans and Bennett Aaron are here after a sellout BBC show at the Hay Festival. It was good, wasn't it? It was, it was very good. Really nice to, it was literally that joke of a Christian, an atheist, <laughs> Uh, Jew, Jew and a Muslim walk into a bar and yes. just get along. We did get along quite nicely, I thought, didn't we? Meant uh, to be discussing yeah. religion and comedy and all the, the barriers and limits and things, but we all sort of generally got on all right. There were hardly any arguments at all. But everyone listen, really listened to each other, that was nice. Yes, and the audience as well were very... Um, hey. hey! Hey, there it is. The listening there to There it is. There it is. There it is. Now what makes Bat Bennett Aaron the leading <laughs> a Jewish comedian writer in yeah, the country. Yeah, that joke. Uh, so, good man. It's Thank raining you. quite badly now. Uh, yeah. I just want to say on behalf of Wales that it wasn't raining for the last two days and I feel like you guys only had the rainy experience. Because you've been here for a while, you've been show-stopping. I've been here for three days, no show-stopping. No, no show-stopping, oh, improv. Let there be cake with the show with Marcus Brickstock and Rachel Harris. Bennett's saw, he's already said it was good twice today, so I don't think, I can't make him say it again. Yeah, so Bennett, you played the, the role of audience member. Uh, yes, which uh, I thought I did very well. Actually, I've had a lot of feedback from it, and uh, four stars from Chortle. More from Pippa and Bennett in a bit. The Hay Festival was a whole heap of fun, I must say. I've never been before, but it was a delight to be invited by Radio 4 to be on that uh, particular show. It's the Beyond Belief programme, which airs this August bank holiday. So next month, as this uh, podcast lands in your inbox, you can hear Bennett and Pippa and Tez Ilyas and myself on Beyond Belief August bank holiday. Other things upcoming for me, the Guildford Fringe shows of which I spoke earlier, that's the uh, stand-up work in regress show this week and if you are an early adopter, a connoisseur of Fringe Theatre or just a fan of Christmas or indeed sick of this July heatwave, that's another reason to come down to my new play, a world premiere 
Three Wise Men, July 19th at the Apley Christmas named pub, The Star. Uh, so follow The Star and uh, and come and see us. That would be a, a marvellous thing to do. Uh, other upcomings we have, I'm doing Greenbelt Festival in August. I'm doing a Saturday morning children's book event there. Possibly some kind of writing workshop too. Watch this space. Not this space. There'll be no information on this space. Watch another space uh, for, for more info. Got a few more dates of The Greatest Story Ever Taught. Exeter Cathedral, doing that one there. I've got gigs from Bogner to Scargill House in the Yorkshire Dales. Uh, you can see paulcarenza.com for details on that. I've got Pause for Thoughts on Radio 2, doing some BBC Sussex and BBC Surrey Sunday morning breakfast show hosting duties. Loving that. That's three hours of presenting fun and here's the travel and things like that. Even get to read the news. So that's uh, that's rather rather worrying, really. A comedian reading the news. Not, not a good idea. Uh, more book writing as well. Keep an eye on my Facebook and Twitter for more on those. We have a, a, another book coming out just in time for this Christmas. So, uh, oh, there we go again. Can't help but say the word Christmas, even though it's a July heatwave. Uh, here's Tony Vino once again. Do you want to know an interesting fact about Preston? Tell right? me about Preston. Uh, hey, uh, Preston. Teetotalism yeah. was invented in Preston. How does that be invented? Because isn't that just not drinking? Isn't that yes. just not... Yeah, I mean, it's... it's so basically... Um, Obviously, you have the, the big prohibition movement in, in America, but it, it has its origins in Preston. So, um, Mormonism, the first con- Mormon congregation outside of America was in Preston. Yep. So, they had, you know, they, they got kicked out and they moved to Preston. So, that was one of the first things there. But um, Tito'sism, you had problems with drinking basically in Preston. And the fact is, they've carried on that tradition, so they've done really well. Okay, yeah. But Speaking basically, you have um, cheap gin, lots of gin houses in. You know, you've, you've got things like, you know, Gin Lane and, you know, that famous picture and all that kind of stuff. You had a big problem, is it 17th century, with um, uh, gin production and uh, and they were trying to um, rival French brandy. So oh, the, yeah, the government said, yeah, yeah. said oh, you can make your own yeah. gin. And that caused lots of social problems. But in Preston, you had a particularly bad uh, problem with every other house was like a sort of uh, homebrew gin kind right, of making yeah. thing. Uh, it basically, you know, basically making gin without instructions uh, w- and without breakfast as well, right? right? Yeah, so they yeah, basically yeah, yeah. just would have gin all the time. The Heptagon Club. Seven guests, seven corners. The Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Interesting history in alcoholic beverages. Yeah. That I never asked were created because of a war with another one or something. Like, you know, the um, eggnog in America. Yeah. Eggnog only came about because of European prices of, of, uh, of sherry and port and stuff like that. Of course, and the Americans yeah. go, we can't afford this anymore. And then whiskey, they go in the deep south, they go, we've got the perfect farming temperatures here, we make whiskey. And then suddenly America, there's this old boom trade of like, we don't need to import stuff anymore. Yeah. Eggnog and whiskey, let's do it. Let's build an empire on this. You know? Yes, the geopolitics of, you know. uh, of alcoholic beverages. But meanwhile in Preston, you've got your gin, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing was, um, back in ancient Greece, yeah. Um, Everyone was always half cut all the time because, like, they used to give like wine to kids because it was the only yeah. way of getting, you know, liquid into them to, you know, fermented wine. Mm. They'd just be on that it's all better day. for you than water, better for isn't you it? because it, it didn't have all the germs. Yeah. And everything. I mean, I'll give my kid, you know, maybe a bit of baby sham, but you know, wine. Yeah. I'm not that bad a parent. Well, that's why Dickens had uh, mulled wine, smoking bishop. It was growing up, you know, because it was better for you than the water. You yes, know, so, yeah, you know, yeah. Have it. It, it, uh, it killed all the germs. Let's get drunk, kids. So, yeah. So in, so in Preston, yeah. Yeah, the, the temperance movement was started by the Quakers. Right. Okay? And there was a guy called Joseph uh, Livesey, or was he Joseph Smith? 
Joseph Smith started Mormonism, Joseph Livesey was in Preston, right. and um, he was the head of the temperance movement. Mm. Now one of his speakers was a guy called Andrew Turner, and he was uh, one of the, the, the lead speakers for the Preston Temperance Society. And the PTS. The yep. PTS, yep. yes. Yep. You always, yep. It's going strong to this day. And this is in like, you know, early 1800s. Right. And um, he had a pronounced uh, speech impediment, right? So the, the, the thing was, was about uh, abolition of alcohol. Mm. And it was the total abolition of al alcohol. But he couldn't uh, pronounce it very well. So he used to go, and that's where teetotalism was. That's the etymology. was from this guy who couldn't pronounce teetotal. You're kidding me. Uh, no, that is in Preston. Andrew Turner. Well, it's impressed me. <laughs> <laughs> I've impressed it on you. Very impressed good. on, yes. So it's like the um, the Batman Turner Overdrive, the baby you ain't seen nothing yet, because they're taking the mick out of the sound engineer, weren't they? Oh, well, were they? Yeah, they were doing it as a bit of a laugh, and they kept it in, you know. Do you, think, do you think Pearl and Dean did the same thing with their <laughs> sound engineer? <laughs> 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 Mr. Groomer's there. Everything comes back to Dickens on this uh, on this podcast, isn't it? It's all roads. Especially to Dickens. I've got a Dickens play to plug. Come it's on, it's a hard you know. life. Isn't it, it is the Mormonism. I didn't realize recently a lot of that came about. From 1816, that they had this global. It was the year called the Year Without Summer. It was called uh, nicknamed 1800 and froze to death. They used yeah. to call it. <laughs> and it was there was it was snowed in like June of that year. Wow. Um, and all over the world, it's like a mini ice age. It's just suddenly temperatures drop. Yes. You know that's when we had the last of the frost fairs on the Thames with elephants walking across the Thames. Oh and all my that. goodness! Um, right. And so that was the summer that Mormonism sort of started because the farming temperatures were just so bad people were just leaving going north. north and west to try and just find different temperatures because of the, of the sea currents oh, so this Mormon that's when they sort of gathered together and, and created they went on their big journey right? and so they're, they're, that was influenced on them and the, the other big literary influence apart from Dickens who was four years old at the time experiencing eight white Christmases in a row that made him think of snowy Christmases ah, they made him write about a white Christmas of course, yeah. um, for his grown up audience who by that point it was all mild Christmases and they wanted to remember the snowy Christmas of right yeah, yeah. so you've got that side of things you've also got Byron who went to his summer retreat his Italian villa yeah. with a few writer buddies and because the weather was awful there was no summer that year 1816 <laughs> so he said right forget summer sunbathing and going out and having a jolly let's all write ghost stories to reflect this misty gloomy weather wow Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein Shelley was there uh, John Polidori wrote the vamp first vampire story and that was all written in one night oh my on this big challenge from Byron. Let's go and write some scary stories. And was Alice in Wonderland at the same? Not, not no. then. Not then. That was but, um, but that's yes. Yeah. I heard about this 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 party. Yeah. Uh, where they were all having um, mind altering uh, they substances. Had, yeah, there's been a film of it. In fact, yeah. Exactly, I mean, yeah. and that's. I mean, we uh. we we should try some. Of that. I mean, you know, a couple of triple espressos and we could bang out. I think a we're, we're halfway there. I think we're halfway there. <laughs> I've had so much sourdough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to hallucinate. I'm going a bit loopy. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the summer yeah. of 1860. Then. 1816. 1816. 1816. Yeah. Because everyone bangs on about uh, the summer of 1977. Okay. Which is basically the eternal summer. Everyone, mm. you know, I, I was born in 78, so, uh, but everyone's like, you want to remember 77? That uh, was a year. Oh my goodness. Really? Charity shops were out of three pound shorts yeah, across exactly. the land. They were wearing these. These were new then. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 
Tony and I are columnists in Sorted Magazine. Is it columnists or columnists? I never know. I always pronounce the end, maybe wrongly. Uh, we're both in Sorted Magazine, which is a men's mag with a difference. It's sort of the anti-loaded, the opposite of FHM. It's sort of MHF, I suppose. And its editor is this guy. He is also a comedy magician. He's been on this podcast before, so it's a welcome return from a man who claims to have driven to the moon and back in gig miles over the years. It's that troubadour, Steve Legg. I turned with Cannon and Ball. As right. a kid growing up, they were my comedy heroes. You know, in the 80s, when on a Saturday night, London weekend, television and music came on, I loved Bobby and Tommy. Yes. And then 20-odd years ago, did a tour with them, which was really exciting. 48 nights all across the UK. Yeah. And just learning from Bobby, there's so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. And what I found fascinating, he was learning and reading about comedy all the time. Really? We'd yeah. be flying somewhere. And it was reading a book on the theory of comedy. Right. Oh, it's fascinating. You know, so that was great. I've done 15 minutes at the Royal Albert Hall, which was a tremendous buzz oh, well, yeah. as a performer. Mm. Um, Hexagon Club, obviously. Of course, this is the main one. It's what yes, it's building up to. There we are. It's downhill yeah, from here, yes. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned the Bobby Ball thing there. You know, learning about comedy. Because you always think someone like Bobby Ball has got funny bones. Oh. And yet he's yeah. still learning and going with it. And you just wonder, is it is there such a thing as funny bones, or is it actually it's just you put the graft in, you know? I think it's it. both. I mean, he's got this persona mm. and stage presence. I mean, have you worked with um, yeah, but, uh, briefly on with not going out. Well, Bobby's yeah. been in that, but I've not properly met the guy. But I did, I did. Um, the one cameo I had in not going out was what we thought was the, was the last episode ever, yeah. big wedding. Obviously, Bobby Ball is there as the as Lee's dad, and then as the vicar, they got Tommy Cannon. Oh wow! So it was a little reunited moment. Lovely. And I was there as a as a, a wedding guest sort of thing. But between the takes, you just see them sitting there on a bench, Tommy and Bobby, yeah. you know, and and just sitting there watching them go by, catching up, yeah. and you just think, wow, that's just lovely to see them. Just yeah. you know, they're doing their thing. Well, I think I'm right in saying they've been together 45 years. They've wow. broken all the world records of so a double act being together. Yeah. And they're still, t- they're still doing shows, aren't they? Still touring. It's great. I see them going to come to Worthing. You know, yeah. Bobby lives out live in St. Anne's right. near Blackpool and he travels down, does the gig and drives yeah. home afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But I bet he's been to the moon and back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Steve is editor of Sorted Magazine, which is a men's mag of features, interviews, uh, motoring, and a column by me, uh, not on, on motoring. Um, I mean, I know I was a writer for Top Gear for at least a series, well, well, you know, a series, but no one's been in touch just yet offering me a free Porsche to test drive and review. So for now, it's just me and my Nissan Notes, and uh, no reviews on that, although it's, it's a sturdy vessel. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that much. So our next guest also writes for Sorted Magazine, again, not in the motoring section, but in his capacity as a professional speaker and deliverance expert. Delivery expert, I suppose, not not deliverance, not the film with the... um, That's not him. Uh, It's a first-timer for this podcast. Please welcome, in Speaker's Corner, Lee Jackson. I've stepped out into the... uh into the parkland for this corner of the podcast because it's a nice day so why not a, a great day to speak to, to lee jackson how are you lee very good paul yeah thanks for having me on in your wonderful podcast you're d- most welcome delight to have you here especially a delight to have someone who well you know how to speak don't you i mean not just we're speaking in a very private <laughs> slash public capacity here you you are a speaking expert is that fair to say yeah, I'm a professional speaker. is my is is my job. So I've done that full time for ten years. That, uh, so yeah, I speak for a living. I speak in businesses and schools, do motivational talks, and I also the other half of my job is helping other people to speak. So I basically teach people how to do talks, how to get over their nerves, you know, how to be funny in front of an audience. Yeah, so it's great. It's great fun. So I'm pretty much 
I'm either speaking myself or I'm helping other people. That's my job, basically. It's Wow, that's no mean feat, is it? I mean, how do you end up... You must have done a lot of uh, speaking at an amateur level, like conversationally and around the house, <laughs> things like that. Yeah, I've been I've been speaking since a very young age. Yes, uh, yeah, I yeah, guess. Indeed, yeah. But uh, yeah, and I, I guess mean, at some uh, point it just sort of carries on into the professional <laughs> world, does it? Yeah, well, I was I was a youth worker, so I founded a youth work charity in Leeds back in the nineties, and a big part of that was the, like, the first day on my job in that in that job, I basically was. They gave me 600 teenagers in a school and they said, right, go and talk to that lot, Lee. Wow. And so I'm, so there's 600 of them in a, you know, on a Monday morning sat there with their arms folded and I thought, I'm going to have to learn to do this pretty well because, uh, you know, they don't want to be here. <laughs> so Yeah, of course. Yeah, tough crowd, I think <laughs> it's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah tough crowd. And probably not yeah. tougher than some of the crowds you've had, Paul, I'm sure, but... Uh, yeah, teenagers are a, a noisy crowd, really. That was my starting point. So, I mean, and I guess I know that you weren't on that occasion necessarily trying to get them to speak, but I mean that that surely must were you to try and coax, uh, you know, let's say for example, a teenager to do any kind of speak. Isn't that is that the worst? Is that as bad as it gets? Is that the toughest gig you would say in terms of? I think you know, getting them to get something out must be tricky. Yeah, I think I think as a speaker, I think the toughest gig you always do is to people that you know. I think. Oh yeah. Because, you know, I mean, you know, in your performance, when I, you know, give me like 2,000 strangers any day, but, yeah. you know, put my family on the front row. And that, yeah. <laughs> that's because yeah. they're like sat there going, you're not funny. Just stop it. Uh, so well, do you know, what, actually, this is timely because this comes on to, this very morning. I went to my kids school. So they're like five and seven. And I read <laughs> a bit of this children's book I've done to the to not just to them, but also, you know, their whole school. So it was that mix of speaking to children, you know, and at least sort of they were like between four and seven, which is pretty nicer than teenagers potentially. <laughs> but still, they're not going to laugh at the right places and all that stuff just to keep you happy. And yet also people I know, my kids there, I thought I want to look good in front of my kids. So, oh, how, what should I have done? Is there any, any good tips you can give me for things like that to, for, for the next time something like that ever comes in? Well, I think if, if they're between five and seven, just enjoy it because uh, when they become teenagers, it, it all changes. So I'm sure they'll still yeah. quite secretly like the fact that you went into school when they're younger. Um, I've got 19-year-old twins now. And wow. I've just, I've just spent the last... Cause like, when you're a professional speaker, where do you go to learn to speak? So I, I, I've, I've just I've done a comedy course uh, a couple of years ago. I've just finished an improv course, so I'm doing improvisation just to sharpen myself up. And and the graduate show for that is tonight. So I'm ah. perfor- I'm performing in a comedy club in Leeds in the in the Verve where you've probably performed in Leeds. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I said to my daughters, I said, "Would you want to come and see me?" And they were like, "Dad, we just feel sorry for you. We're not coming." <laughs> That was oh, bless. oh bless! So that that was the end of that one, yeah. So yeah, uh, no. that's not going to happen. It's the wrong age, isn't it? It's the wrong age, I suppose. Hopefully yeah, I think so. That. But I think I think with yeah. any talk, though, I think we've all heard so many boring talks. In any talk, the best advice I can give is just know know what you're going to say and get to the mm. core of your message. Do you know what I mean? Too many people talk around the houses. You basically need to know what's the one thing you want them to remember. Okay, and, and yeah, I reckon if you do that. It then that really works, you know. Well, thank you, Lee, for helping us present better. And your book is uh, Get Good at Presenting, is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. That's available everywhere now. Well, thank you for for getting us good at presenting. So Lee's new book, Get Good at Presenting, is available from all good places where good books are available. Or leejackson.biz, that's leejackson.biz, is where you'll find him and indeed his book. Speaking of books, a couple more authors for you now. And bear in mind, all writers we have on this podcast, we put at least one of their books 
on our Amazon guests list. Uh, other places to get books are indeed available, of course, but there is a convenient list function on Amazon. So if you head to our Facebook page, Heptagon Club, search for us on Facebook and you will find a little list uh, linking to some, the uh, the Amazon list of, of books by writers who've appeared on this podcast, including our next couple, Rob Parsons and Catherine Hill, also in the non-fiction aisle. Now they are head honchos of the charity Care for the Family. They're both parenting experts bar none. Well, there's good parenting advice straight away. Bar the nuns. I mean, nothing against nuns, but, you know, if they keep coming around during family tea times, it does get awkward. It's a bad habit, you could say, eh? Uh, but, uh, forget it. So Rob Parsons, Catherine Hill, welcome to the Heptagon Club. This is the name of our <laughs> podcast, Heptagon, seven, seven guests a week. And you indeed are two Whoa, of them, so thank, thank you for you. that. Um, so you both are esteemed authors, writers, speakers. What is currently uh, piquing your interest in the, world of, in the world of your writing? Well, my latest book has been Left to Their Own Devices, Confident Parenting in a World of Screens. And we just found at Care for the Family so many parents, a bit like rabbits in the headlights, feeling that they're a step behind their kids, really concerned about some of the implications of the digital age, things that they're looking at, things they're seeing, but conscious as well. There's so much good. And so the book aims to really help parents in that area. Yeah, and there's a lovely line in it of a little boy who says to his dad, Dad, you were a nicer man before you had your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. I just, I heard that line, I thought, yeah, that speaks to me. That's, and I try not to, but some, you, sometimes you notice no, yourself, just think they haven't noticed, but they do, don't yeah. they? They notice everything. Well, we always say, we think our kids aren't listening to us. Truth is, they don't miss a thing. But yeah. it's not all gloom and doom, and there's so much good in the digital age as well. So this isn't just being naysayers, but it's equipping parents to have their eyes open and to really come alongside and help their children have wisdom in this area. And I like that idea. You talk about the uh, the, uh, the the media... Media agreement. Media yeah. agreement, yeah. yeah. I was going to say manifesto. That sounds a bit strange. <laughs> but that sort of, uh, yeah, getting together as a family and working exactly. this out. Yeah. yeah, we talk about having a um, yeah family media agreement, really just getting together, maybe getting some drinks, some snacks and looking at what your ground rules are for media use in the home and uh, some people have three columns and they put um, yes you can um, middle column ask us first third column don't even think about it right yeah. Do you know what I love in your book? The bit about where it says at night, uh, the family all charge their phones downstairs together, oh, everybody. Together. Yeah. And that gives kids a break because that's that night time when those texts come through at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm. You know, sometimes there's nowhere to hide, perhaps from the bully. So I think that's a great idea. Charge your phones together downstairs. But then yeah. then I would have to as well, wouldn't you I? You would, oh, absolutely. The whole but family has the to But it's quite handy there. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can't sleep and I can watch something on Netflix. It's that's, very, oh, I know. You have to no. buy an alarm. Arm clock. No way. I don't arm clock. I can't believe such things. Oh man, that's tricky. I'm going to try it though. No more Netflix at night time. I reckon I can do it, but only because we've just left Netflix and joined Amazon Prime Instant Video. So that'll do for my in-bed binge watching. Ah, Robert and Catherine know best though. A, a mere snatchlet of them for now. More from them on a future episode. Here's the plan, by the way. Another episode in about a month, so that should be early August, landing on your devices, with a couple of recommendations in that one for Edinburgh Fringe, if you're going. I'm not going myself. I'm all about Guildford Fringe this year. So I guess final reminder, Three Wise Men, brand new Christmas play at the Star Pub, Thursday, 19th of July. Or indeed, if you're listening to this beyond mid-July, um, I'm looking to do this Christmas play uh, at Christmas, perhaps, in future years. So so look out for that. And you can search online, Three Wise Men, Carenza, and indeed, Three Wise Men, Carenza, Guildford, if you want details of this time round. It's at guildfordfringe.com. Um, but some who are going to Edinburgh include Bennett Aaron 
and Pippa Evans. Uh, what are you, Edinburgh, Pippa Evans? You're doing. I'm uh, doing showstopper, the improvised musical, where I sing. It's a highly uh, successful format and brand, isn't it? it You've really taken is. it all over the world, New York and other places. New York, Toronto, Singapore, all the places. All the places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we are doing that in, show, in showstopper in Edinburgh again. And we do a kids show as well, which is really fun if you have kids. Uh, that, that might be my favourite version, but don't tell anybody. Okay. And I'm also doing a play with a script. A comic play? I believe so. Called Brexit 2, I believe. Uh, with Joe Caulfield and Mike McShane, oh, yeah. amongst others. Very nice. Uh, written by Tom Salinsky. It's going to be fun. Cool. Brexit 2, Showstoppers, Showstoppers Kids, Identity Theft. Is that the first time thing? Yeah. And, um, I've never told anyone this. That one. Yes. Oh, that one? That's in no way involving first time. No. Okay. Don't know yep. I got that from. Not first time thing. Well, I thank you for, in this time when we are waiting for a train, yeah. sharing your words of wisdom yeah. with our fine podcast. God speeds and I don't know which God, but you know, we'll. Any old God. We didn't decide. Any old God, any old God, any old God. All together now. <laughs> so we'll have more on Bennett's show uh, at Edinburgh Festival next time, or shows, in fact. He's doing his show on identity theft, a remarkable true story about how he changed the law of the land. And Bennett Aaron's also doing a show of confessions and funny stories, uh, things that he's never told anyone before. So more next time from Bennett and indeed from Pippa. And from other people, other newbies to the podcast as well. So for now, enjoy the heat wave. If you would like to cool down, well, with me, it's always Christmas and you know what to do. You know where to come. If you can't make the play in Guildford, you've got my Christmas book, Hark, the Biography of Christmas, which I think at least one or two people have been reading in this heat wave. So that is an unusual thing to do, but you can do it. Um, So big love to you, pod listener. You know what to do. Rates and reviews, always welcome uh, for this podcast on iTunes. Donations, always welcome to heptagonclub.co.uk to make a one-off wongabung. Is that a word? It sounds like a word. Uh, Via PayPal, or there's a regular supporting financial gesture button called Patreon, which you could give like a pound a month or whatever you fancy to keep us afloat. We have had a few donations so far. And each one has filled me hugely with joy, more than I can possibly express. So you know who you are and you are awesome. Thank you. Like us on Facebook. Please share if you see us post something. And that is how we find more listeners. Hey, has anybody said to you today? Thank you to Rob Halligan for the music. He is a future guest on this podcast. And Merry Summer, everybody. You look positively beautiful in your blue. As Tiny Tim observed, join us for next month's podcast. Tiny Tim was way ahead of his time.